What's up, ladies and gentlemen? What's up? Welcome, welcome back to Big Thoughts, Big Ten Thoughts. I'm Big Ten Ref Guy. I'm also Big Ten Big Hurt Guy. Big Ten had a rough week. We will get to that in a second. First, let's jump over to Peter. SFK, what's up, boys? How are we doing? Um, how are the brackets? Uh, so I didn't make one, but I was just going off my brother's bracket. And he had Texas and Illinois going pretty far in the tourney. And let's just say they did not make it very far. Spencer? Yeah. Um, other than Illinois, which I picked to win the whole thing, I'm actually doing very well. I'm surprised. I'm like, I'm kind of surprised with the amount of chaos that's going on. Um, I'm really a, a kind of upset with myself because I had Oregon State in the Sweet 16 because I watched them play in the Pac-12 games, like falling asleep. I'm like, oh, basketball's on. I fall asleep to that. You know, we got Bill Walden, Conference of Champions out there on the West Coast. And I should have taken Oregon State, and I'm kind of upset I didn't. But other than that, I mean, I'm feeling good. I did have Michigan losing to LSU, so that one hurt. But I have LSU, or LSU losing to FSU, so hopefully they'll kick ass. Um, yeah, other than that, I mean – not a great look for the Big Ten, but no, hey, what are you going to do? It's March. We went from, what, nine teams to one? Yeah. Oof. Although, I just want to preface our discussion with this. Um, although I think the tournament is very entertaining and entertainment factor, 10 out of 10 for sure, the way that it decides a champion for basketball is very interesting, and I would say it's about a two out of ten or three out of ten on that scale. Um, I might get some flack for this, but like the NBA plays, you know, a seven-game series for a reason because you can look at any team, and especially now with like the bubble with no fans or anything, um, you know, you don't see Kansas getting the Kansas City draw with a lot of fans, so that that helps normally, you know, with these like smaller school teams and like freshmen potentially playing. Um, but a lot of things can happen in 40 minutes. I mean, you look at the Texas game and although they, you know, they outshot Abilene Christian, they basically outplayed them other than turnovers. And it basically Mm -hmm. came down to what a block shot that wasn't called a foul potentially. Yeah. So it's those variations. I mean, it makes tournament great. That's why we love it. That's why we're into March madness. I mean, I don't, I don't want to change it by any means. I just think that to determine a champion, especially when you have teams you that are very good getting eliminated quickly. It's just, it's an interesting way to pick it, but again, great entertainment value. I don't want to change it. It's just an interesting take. Dude, an observation, an observation. You, yes. It's not even do, a take. Thank you, Peter show. Do you think it's at all possible to make the first round a three game series? No way, dude. No, I'd be way too much. I, yeah. I mean, that's why, I mean, I'm just, just spitballing. I mean, that can be talked about at a different date. I just, like to to curb your like, there's no way some of these teams will get beat in the series sort of deal, or you know, it is interesting. But my bracket's fucked. Just I mean, whatever. I mean that's just the way it goes. Um, if it proves anything about truly how much you can watch and how little you still might know, um, you're looking at it right here because I've watched a ton of college basketball this year, like a ton and Spencer I'm pissed because we can go back to the tape from last week and some of the picks that I said would be like good like yeah no that's for sure a good underdog to take Oregon <clears throat> Oregon Oregon wow. looks really 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 sure good I said that too mm-hmm. Spencer picked the Ducks as Peter will attest I saw well, something that said every year or typically one one through four team will lose in the first round, but this year, four of them lost. Yeah. And 
the the way in which they lost, uh, like Ohio State to Oral Roberts. Is this Oral Roberts team for real right now? Like, do do we think they're that they're going any further? I I think they're just getting hot because if you, yeah. I looked at their schedule coming into the tourney, and they lost to all of their big time matchups against bigger schools. And then they just kind of got hot in there. What, what did they play in the summit league? Yeah. Yeah. They he got, finished fourth in that league. Yeah. And they got hot in the tournament and won it and got their bid. Hmm. And then they beat OSU and Florida. Who's to say maybe, well, maybe they do State belong game, here, man. I tell you what, that um, Dwayne Washington couldn't have asked for a better look. I mean, that oh. it sucks. Right down, I mean, that's like right up Main Street, right down Broadway, however you want to slice wow. it. That was a great yeah. look, just a little bit off. I mean, it just when, that's, oh. it's almost like that because a different guy took a three before that, right? Got yeah. the rebound, and it almost was like the perfect play. He was wide open at the top of the key. Well, yep. I mean, anyone, sorry, here's a little demo for you. Ready for this? Anyone who's ever played basketball, whether it be pickup or in an actual game, whether someone's passing you the ball or a rebound comes to you like that, when you get to walk into a three-pointer at the top of the key and there's not a person within five feet of you and you're the best player on the team, you don't get a better scenario. You got to knock that down. Like I, yeah. I, I'm not about to be one of those freaks who sends them death threats, yada, yada, yada. That's insane. We can get to that in a second too, but uh, obviously, or, or, you know, I'm irritated he didn't hit it because I had OSU going from far. So I I can only imagine how he feels because Dwayne Washington's a, a, a monster. I mean, I think he'll play in the NBA. Like, and you know that shot, that scenario, or at least the setup for that shot, he makes that 98 out of 100 times. <laughs> or you know that exact wide openness, stepping right into it. So that sucks, but interesting matchup with Arkansas and Oral Roberts. Talk about this one for a little bit. So I believe it's the muscle man, right? That's his name oh, for the man. Yep. The must bus. So they've already played Oral Roberts, I believe. Maybe I'm wrong, but I believe they've already played him. Oral Roberts lost by 10, if I'm correct. Maybe yeah, I 11. think you might be right. They play like three LSU te- or SEC teams. One of them being Yazoo. Can anyone can can anyone confirm the ten or eleven point I'm win against on it ORU? Currently. So currently anyways, in the stat, Arkansas this year their non-conference games. They've played three tournament teams. Yes, they won eighty-seven to seventy-six on December twentieth. So. Arkansas's non-conference games were against three mid-major conference mm-hmm. teams that all made the tournament. Maybe Musselman's on to something. So he he's taking credit for it now. He said, yeah, you know, I like to schedule teams who I think will be uh, low seeds in the tournament so we know what they're like to play against when it comes down to it. He could be just taking credit for that now because he's kind of a charismatic uh, fella, you know, so who knows if that's actually the case. But it will be interesting to see if if Arkansas still has an advantage because of that first game or if Oral Roberts uh, – what do you guys think? Do you think Oral Roberts will have an advantage because they've already seen them and Oral Roberts is hotter than shit right now? You think that 
playing a team the second time around, you would improve. It's a lot harder to beat a team once mm-hmm. or, or twice. Or you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I think what it what it helps, I don't know if anybody has a particular advantage as far as game plan goes, but I think it shows to Oral Roberts that, hey, like, we're, we're hung with these guys already. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, and we're playing with house money, right? We got nothing to lose. Like, if we go to this, if we go to this elite eight, I mean, that's like the furthest that a 15 seeds ever made it. So they're playing with house money and, you know, they've proven to themselves, Hey, we can hang with these guys. Like we're not afraid of like the big, bad SEC or the power five guys. So I, I think it helps them. Yeah, I think, yeah, I mean, they're really just get to, like you said, they are playing with house money and they're hot right now. Um, you know, sometimes that's all you need in this, uh, so, you know, this tournament style that Spencer's not so fond of, but, um, we're deciding a winner. I like yeah, it. For, yeah. Yeah. First yeah. off, but it, it'll be interesting. Um, a few other ones that have been ca- kind of shocking. Um, not so much Syracuse. I, I wouldn't say beating San Diego state that, that one Spencer, I think you predicted a few other people had oh, to. I also predict them to beat West Virginia. But I think the style, um, I, I mean, the Syracuse Houston is going to be interesting. Buddy Bayheim's playing out of his mind. Um, so that's been fun to watch. Um, we'll talk about Wisconsin really quick. Um, Wisconsin, I'm not I want to gonna... say something about Buddy Bayheim quick. Okay. Future first overall draft pick, Buddy Bayheim. Okay. There, big that's cat. all I got to say. <laughs> oh, that's funny. But, um, Wisconsin, obviously first game, uh, ooh, I, I don't I, like, look at me right now. I don't know what the fuck that was. <laughs> that's what, that's what Badger fans were kind of hoping for all year. And that's what we kind of saw in the first half of the season. And then they just took an absolute shit bag. Um, that first game against UNC was fun to watch. They, uh, put everything together. Uh, it doesn't hurt when Brad has 29. Obviously, that made some people sick. But now he's done. Now Brad's done, so everyone can rejoice and be happy. But second game, hey, just ran to a buzzsaw. Um, yeah, Baylor's pretty good. Wisconsin hung on, hung around for as long as they could. I mean, it just came down to not being able to, not being able to produce uh, scoring chances much of which the, is how, or, you know, why they were losing at the end of the regular season. Um, when the shot, or, you know, when the regular offense and the shots aren't falling in that, they struggled to produce offense. Um, but what I will say is I believe there's going to be a new era of Badger basketball come next year. Greg Gardner. You won't Greg, get any more recruits from Minnesota. I'll tell you that's that. That's right. We are shutting the borders. Oh, boy. Um, we'll see about that, but, um, I think Greg guard will still be there. Obviously. Uh, I don't think he's going anywhere right now. The rumblings that Shaka smart's going to leave Texas and come here. I don't know where the fuck. No fucking come. way, dude, dude, that's rumblings, but I don't see From it who look it up. Rumblings. They're misinformed rumblings. He, you know how much money he gets paid by Texas. You know how much rumblings. more money that university has than any other country or any other university in the country. Rumblings. They do not know. No chance. Rumblings. Um, but whatever, I think Greg, I think guard will be there. The silent assassin, but he's got to change something up. And with the new recruiting class that's coming in, Chucky Hepburn leading the way, um, 
not so much the uh, game managing style of ball players, the hard work, you know, I think these boys are hard working, but not so much of the high school quarterback style, all American type of like, Ooh. I finally got like some athletes and some ballers coming in next year that I have only played basketball and know how to produce offense on an individual level, which right once you guys agree that when your team is not scoring as a team like percentage wise you need people who can create some offense yeah mm-hmm. look how that worked for the gophers though that's what marcus Carr was and that didn't really help the marcus Carr <laughs> yeah, signature that's a whole that's a whole different uh, is it though I, yeah that's is it though yeah i yeah. don't think so that's I basically do. what you just described he was the whole team i'm saying okay I get what you're saying. I get where you're spinning it. Mark's car is the whole team. I'm saying there's going to be a, Disagree. A, a changing, a changing of Wisconsin styles. So it's not going to be slow swing played though. I think the defense will still be there, but the slow swing obviously didn't work. It, it's not working anymore. And they have a bunch of people who are slashers, cutters, athletes. Cutters. Is, well, you don't, Wisconsin doesn't usually recruit that. They don't recruit freshmen for basketball who are ready to play. You know, you know what I mean? Didn't, the they, who's the, didn't they have some freshmen play against UNC? What's that one dude's name? Number five. Oh, uh, Tyler Wall. Well, oh, he's a sophomore. Wall. Oh, well, whatever. He's looked young. I didn't recognize him. He's good. Tyler Wall. He's good. But Johnny Davis, he's a freshman. Uh, he had a nice game. He is. I mean, I've spoke very highly about it. I tweet about him when he plays, but I, I mean, I think he's going to be obviously the leader next year for Wisconsin. I mean, they're graduating everyone, so they don't they don't have a lot coming back for, but they do have my favorite player right now on the team coming back. So that's clutch. Who's that? Johnny Davis. I, I think that oh. hit. I think his ceiling is very high. The ceiling is the roof. Uh yeah, maybe maybe jumping out jumping out the roof a little bit. But um, were there any other games that surprised you in the first round? Um, I mean, obviously there was a plethora of, of shockers, but I think the biggest one for me was Ohio and you picked them. I picked them. Cause I'm a dude. I'm, I'm when it comes to brackets, Peter, if you ever need advice, dude, and I know you don't cause you're, you're, you're basketball I'm bracket guy, God. your bracket, you're Peter brackets. I mean, you're like Joey brackets, but for us and, I was confident Ohio, dude, because they had that one player. What's his name? You know, their star, old uh, old Johnny Buckets. He's good. He'll go to the NBA. Their point guard. Acemus? I don't think he played for Ohio. No, who the fuck does Acemus play? No, he plays for Oral Roberts. Yeah, Oral Roberts. He's uh, no. Wasn't Acemus the leading scorer in the nation? Yeah, 24 points a game. Sorry, Spencer. Jeez, yeah. I don't know why I didn't know that and why I didn't pick him. But anyways, yeah, Ohio played really well. Virginia. They didn't play for like a week. So that was an, honestly, that was one staring people in the face. I don't know why they didn't pick people. The one that surprised me was North Texas over Purdue. Um, I did not see that coming. I, I, you can't really trust Purdue in the tournament, but I'm like, all right, North Texas, they finished fourth in their like league. Like, I don't know. Couldn't pick the mean green, but, and I thought, you know, honestly, two things, one little comment about the Wisconsin game. I don't know why North Carolina, their bigs could bully that post. Just throw it down there and get Reavers and Potter and foul trouble. That's how you beat them. Like, that's easy, right? That's what yeah. they should have done. Two, as Purdue, if you got a seven-foot guy in Edie. Seven-three. 
Okay. Now he puts his hands above his head with the ball. What is that? That's got to be like 10 feet, right? Well, his arms aren't three feet tall, but. Oh, yeah, it is. I mean. I mean, you're looking at what, Peter? 10 foot four, probably. I'll put at eight. Yeah. At over eight feet. Oh, wait, he's seven feet tall? He's yes. seven three, so his hands are way over 10 feet. Like nine? Yeah, so at least nine feet, let's say, on the minimum. Play with the ball above your head, you know? And that's not his fault. He's a freshman. But, like, I feel like Matt Prater, like, literally just go – Toss it down. He grabs it. Just palm that ball. Palm that sucker. And just go up with it. I think that's what I would have done. He can for sure reach over the rim. Sorry it's bothering me, but now I'm thinking about it, and he's got to be able to reach over the rim standing. That's what I would have done. But, yeah, that's that's the only thing that really shocked me out of those games. Um, I was really mad that UCSB didn't beat Creighton because I also had them winning. They only lost by one. That sucked. Um. Yeah, other than that, I don't know. It was pretty – it was fun to watch. You know, it always is. All right, boys. And what did we learn about the Big Ten this last weekend? There's a lot of parity in college basketball. Well, there's a ton of parity in college basketball, and I can't tell if the Big Ten just, like, really ran into some, like, just actually unfortunate timing in these games. But what I noticed, and tell me if you agree or disagree – the teams that run inside the Big Ten, it seems like they're running – but when the Big Ten's played teams this week that actually run, the big, no one in the Big Ten runs. No. I, I mean, and they play fine defense, everyone in the Big Ten. Like, I, I think that is a fact. But the Big Ten can't keep up with anyone. I mean, screw the size, screw the power. I mean, Baylor's center was as fast as our point guards. Right. That's just an example. I'm talking all over, though, for the Big Ten. I was shocked. I watched us. I watched at least a minute of every single game that was played this last weekend, which is sounds, I guess, kind of insane saying out loud, but the, the I think it's the speed, the style of play, which is kind of what I'm getting to with guard. It, it, it's just slow. And then when you get outside of other teams who play slow, it's fucking weird. And if you can't impose that slow style, which a lot of big 10 teams like to do, they look bad. I mean, some of the Big Ten teams look bad. Whatever. Wisconsin getting beat by 13 against Baylor. I'll take that. I'm fine with that. That's cool. But I don't know. OSU getting shit pumped. No one saw that coming. I mean, they lost by like three. I wouldn't call that a shit yeah. pump. Well, I'm saying like they, they just shouldn't have lost. Like that. that's probably what would have, along with Illinois beating Drexel, Ohio State would have been like Peter. What I said to you last week, week like, like we're betting on Ohio State. Like it would have been one of my. I was shocked, genuinely shocked that they lost. I, I think, think it, they were Illinois like minus screwed by uh, by Loyola. But what were you gonna say? Why is that? Sorry. No, finish your finish your betting nugget or whatever. Oh, I think at the beginning, right before the game, the the Ohio State game, they were minus twenty five hundred straight up. Which, if you know a little bit about betting, that means if you bet a hundred dollars, you would get two point five dollars back if you won. So the odds are not great. Uh, but anyways, what were you gonna say about Loyola? Well, Loyola was way underseeded. They should have been like they coming in. Ken Palm had them at like nine. That's a three seed. Like that's Big just facts. that's a tough draw for Illinois. Mm-hmm. Shit. Loyola was one of the reasons that Wisconsin looked better in the tournament because Wisconsin beat them early in the season. I don't know how. I don't know how. 
that crew wig for Loyola? Turtwig? Is that how you? Uh, it's not Crutwig? No, it is Crutwig. Turtwig's a Pokemon. Continue. Yeah, and Farva is from <laughs> Super movie. Troopers. Yeah. But I don't know. That Loyal team's fun to watch. They play inspired. You are correct. I mean, they are underseeded. They were ranked in the top 25, right? Mm-hmm. At the end of the season. So that They're alone. 22nd, I think. Right. So that alone should put them in the top five seeds, right? Yeah, I mean, going I mean, by numbers, yes. Yeah, yeah. I I agree that you don't always have to go based off your rank at the end of the season as to what seed you should be, but almost every team is close to that, anyways. Unless you go on a, um, unless you're maybe a three seed before the tournament, you win your conference tournament, you know, then you might move to a two, whatever. Right. But you're ranked. You never see a ranked team get a nine seed. If if they're good enough to be ranked in a shit conference. That means that someone can see outside the lines. And so I agree with you that that's a little crazy, but um, Pac-12, uh, Bill Walton picked five teams to make the final four out of the Pac-12. <laughs> and it looks like he might be uh, you know, as close to anyone is right. <laughs> uh, but um, well, speaking of ESPN personalities, quick, Nina Kimes, 95% correct. That's incredible. I cannot believe that. Like, that is, like, insane. She's Especially with this year. Yeah. She's an yeah, internet commenter. She's, like, smart as hell. Like, she, her fantasy football advice, like, she's got some very good takes. So that I got to follow her. Maybe I'll win my league. You should. Honestly, one of my buddies said that she was the reason that he won our fantasy league. So. There is one Pac-12 team I want to talk about. Oregon. Yeah. Go Ducks. Ooh. 95 or four points against Iowa. Only six of those points came off the bench. So their starters scored, I think the final score is 95. So 89 points between all five of them. That's what I, that's what I said last week. They finally got their two ball players back and that they're going to be an issue. I think was my exact word, Spencer, you were already on them. I know, but what, I mean, from what I saw out of them, I know they skipped their first game. Peter, what do you think about this, though? Those five starters seemed like they had no problem just making their own buckets, where if their offense isn't working, like, someone's going to get a shot. They're all double-digit scorers. Yeah, so I, I, I guess if, if you're not going to get points off your bench, at least it's not one starter scoring half the team's points. Yeah, like Luca Garza. Yeah. Like Luca Garza, oh man, you feel you feel bad for him. Mm-hmm. You do feel bad for Luca Garza. Can't believe I'm saying that out loud. Now that he's done playing at Iowa, assuming that he's probably going to the NBA next year, I can finally say I don't like him because he was always so fucking good. That's why usually you say you don't like him. But he's got endless talent. If they can get some stamina on him. Mm-hmm. I, I don't see why he doesn't translate to the NBA. I'm, I'm thinking about the all-time greats that have played in the Big Ten, and it's hard to not put him as uh, oh. a, a top five, for sure a top ten. That's without question. Probably a top five, maybe a top three, depending on who you talk to. But he had an incredible career. Um, at the end of the day, um, the boys who – I don't know. Kind of ended up, they ended up being a lot better than anyone thought they would be um, in 
Wieskamp, Bohannon, and both the McCaffrey boys. They had a really good year, and they had a really good year last year. And when it came down to it, they couldn't uh, – they just couldn't get the shots to fall. And Luca Garza was frustrated. He had a tough – he had a tough, tough game. He couldn't get mm-hmm. anything going. Yeah, He and, had 36 points. No, I – just wait. <laughs> I get that. But what Oregon did that was so clear to me is they were going to let Garza beat him, but no one else. And none of those other guys on that team could get their own shots. They were forced up a ton of threes. And I know at the end of the game, when you're trying to make a comeback, you got to shoot threes. But uh, I was pretty used to all year Garza taking it in. And when he doesn't get double team, he'll get his 25 points that way. And in the Big Ten, a lot of teams tried to double team him, which leaves three very lethal shooters wide open. And that's why Iowa beating teams. Don't double team Garza. Don't give up threes. Work perfectly. Um, yeah, I mean, and and if you can put up a hundred points on Iowa, that also don't <laughs> doesn't hurt. I don't care if I don't. I Peter, I think that it is cause for concern that your bench isn't scoring at all. But if your starters are throwing up a hundo in a college yeah. basketball game, don't worry ag- about it. Against <laughs> Iowa, you might just say fuck it right now. Yeah, don't complain too much, right? I will say the key to beating um, – they were talking about this with the Creighton-Gonzaga matchup. Like, what a lot of teams will try to do, and like you know, like you said, the, the Iowa thing is a perfect example. You double-team Luka, and he can take advantage of that because he's a great player. But some players who get double-teamed, they, you know, they can't take advantage. And the other teams basically say, you beat us four on three. Make your other four guys beat us at your, like, numbers game. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. But I just thought that was an interesting tidbit. Speaking of big men and Gonzaga, Timmy, 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 that Timmy dude for Gonzaga, that Gonzaga team, I've finally been able to watch a few of their games in a row. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for the audience listening at home, I have knee pain. I thought my knees can predict the outcomes of games, um, <laughs> but I was totally wrong. It's just knee pain. That, that Gonzaga team's tough. They're um, really good. I think that Mark Few, after uh, kind of, I mean, I've I, I've spoke pretty highly of him this year. Uh, I'm a big fan of him, but I've also been very criticizeful. Crit, how do you say that? Crit, crit, critical. 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 Very critical. Yep. Thank you. Of the conference that Gonzaga plays in, but this year non-conference. Blah blah blah. I covered that. Listen to our show. You would have heard that already. Thanks for coming. But Gonzaga is. Mark Few knows how to – you know when you're watching coaches on the sideline, boys, and and they can just work refs and they can just work sidelines? Mark Few is so good at getting in the refs' ears at the right time and getting just loud enough about the right things and calm about other things. And he's got like kind of like a swagger about him that I've not really noticed, I guess, before. Like I've spoke about his coaching ability and fastest to 600 wins, but – I don't know if anyone can beat that team right now. I think their quest for a perfect season is very legitimate after seeing um, these first two games. And that the one game was the first time that they were down by 10 points the whole year. And second half came around and uh, they were down to BYU by double digits. Oh, okay. Second time but all whatever. year. Then yeah, yeah, yeah. But ah, nothing. They didn't panic. Suggs didn't panic. Timmy 
didn't panic. Sorry. I, I, it's hard watching him play basketball and not saying that every single time he touches the ball. Well, and the but, thing is too, like with Gonzaga, they, they have such, you got to play perfect. I mean, look at the Oklahoma game, Oklahoma came out and like hit, it was hitting shots. You know, they were playing super good. And like you said, Peter, I mean, you go, Oklahoma looks good. You know, they're playing good. My knees are hurting. I'm thinking it's a good sign. And then Gonzaga was like, well, you can't play perfect and keep this up the entire time, but we can. So why don't you knock that off and we're going to win this basketball game. And it's just, they're so hard to beat. You have to play perfect. They just drown you out. It's like, uh, I, yeah, it's like getting snuffed out, like a never ending, even when they're down, like when they were down in that game, it felt like they still had control of it, which when you're watching a game that you don't like outside of wanting your bracket to do well, two teams that you couldn't give two fucks about. And you notice one team is losing and has all of the control of the game. And you understand how good that team's supposed to be. That's impressive to see too. Um, I don't know. They're, <laughs> they're going to be tough to beat. Um, Houston looked really good. No one knows anything about Houston. That Rutgers uh, game. Oh, 14 to two for the last three to four minutes. It was hard to watch. Yeah. I, I thought Turgeon was going to be able to, or no, he's from Maryland. I can't think of Pickerel, Steve Pickerel. Pickerel. I thought he would. I don't know. Rutgers I, doesn't miss that dunk. They yam that home. That's the game right there. I guarantee it. They yeah. miss the dunk. Houston takes it, hits a three, and they're right back in it. And that's what that's that's what hurt them. And that Rutgers was playing not to lose. They took the ball and they were dribbling at it at the top of the key. Big facts. With like time. four minutes left. Go score the basket. That's true. The I hate Falcons that. I, Super Bowl I've, approach against the Patriots. Yes, I, exactly. Yeah. It, it's what it, it's kind of what Wisconsin does. They get get a lead and stop playing. Like I, I will never, ever quick discussion, and then let's let's talk about. Uh, we can kind of wrap this up. Well, I got I more. Will, we got to talk about the new hiring. Yeah, no, I'm talking about March Madness. Okay. Uh, well, hey, this is a little side discussion that started from this, but I'll never understand at uh, from a varsity level of high school through professional sports why in the world you would ever lay off a team okay here's the exception in high school sports uh let's say in basketball you will get the occasional game that is 100 to 20 then you can lay off like okay we get it you can fucking lay off like they're not coming back let's say apple valley's playing egan in basketball (laughs) sure yeah like you, you get what i'm saying so in that scenario lay off but when you're like, when you're competitive and like, if you even in high school, if you know you're playing another team that's supposed to be good and has been good all year and you're putting the work on them until the last two, three minutes of the game, I don't understand why you would ever lay off No, Pro- professional sports division one college. I mean, it doesn't make sense. You're there to compete, not mm-hmm. to, not to take it easy. And if those people can't handle getting the shit kicked out of them, maybe the highest level of sport is not for them just my opinion sorry if that's like a like a hard oh like oh no everyone can compete it's about not hurting feelings okay if that's the one opinion i have where i don't care if i hurt people's feelings sue me you but, hurt my feelings just now do you guys get what i'm saying though yeah like i at, do understand at the highest levels i don't understand why you don't pour it on 
I think it's more in Rutgers situation. It wasn't that they were letting up so people could to, to be nicer to the other team. It's more so they just slowed down their tempo thinking right. they Drain the clock. Yeah. When they know. should be kind of pressing a little bit more. I agree. Well, just yeah. keep scoring the rock. I mean, that's literally all you had to do. Right, Peter? Like, yeah. I mean, what you said, you know, you don't want to drain it. You you're, you do, but you don't like it. I don't know. When I have a two goal leak in FIFA, uh, lead in FIFA, I don't park the bus. Exactly. Well, keep, I mean, I'm bringing everybody up. I don't know. How, your I, I don't <laughs> like, I just don't know how many scenarios we have to watch in sports over and over again, where the coaches, you would think every coach in America would learn from certain scenarios and not do that. Like, just make sure you don't do that. Here's a time when you hold the ball when you're up by six and there's a minute and a half left and they're not following. You try and dribble the ball for as long as you can. But when you're only up by eight or 10 and there's four and a half minutes left, like that is an eternity in basketball. Oh yeah. Right. Like that's only four shots. So I don't know. Obviously defense plays a factor, like you said, and there, you know, but uh, let's talk about that new hire. Actually, actually, sorry. Just wait. Just wait. Just wait. You. Sorry. Rained on my parade. Out, out of the sweet 16 that are left. Who's your favorite right now to go? To the final four? No, to win it all. Of the 16 Gonz- that are Gonzaga. left. Other than Gonzaga. No, now, I mean, you didn't pick them to win, so I don't care if you want to say them. I do, because I think they're the best team right now. Peter? I would have to say Gonzaga, too. But if I was not choosing Gonzaga, um, whew, I feel like there's such a steep drop-off. Maybe Baylor. I would um, say Alabama if I'm not going to say Gonzaga. But... How about you, Marcus? I don't know. Oregon's interesting for sure, but I don't know if they have what it takes to to beat Gonzaga. But... Oregon State's going. There it goes. Honestly, I hope so. That'd be That'd be so cool if the Beavers got there. Houston is uh, Houston's interesting too, but I don't know. Houston, no, I got, got a problem. I don't. I, well, kind. I mean, uh, Gonzaga is like, like they looked really impressive. Dude, they're they a wagon. Look, they look really good at basketball, which is good because they're in a basketball tournament right now. What is? <laughs> I, I guess uh, is is it, it going to take a one seed to beat them? Like truly? Like are we talking? Kentucky 2015 type of situation. Like, are they going to get beat by anyone left in this field? Is it possible? Maybe. Right. I, it, anything's possible, man. I mean, like you play. This is they, March. Right. I'm, exactly. Like, honestly, I mean, I think anybody could beat them reasonably. I don't think that that's crazy to think so. So, Peter, you're sorry. Who'd you say? Um, I picked Baylor. Okay. So, Baylor and two Zags. Uh, let's talk about oh, the new minute. I picked the Zags, but if I wasn't picking the Zags, I picked Baylor. Okay, three Zags and not if the Zags, Baylor. And I had Alabama, if not and, the Zags. And Alabama, and I had Houston, if not the Zags. So Gonzaga, 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 Houston, Alabama. Fuck. I can't remember now. Baylor. Baylor, fuck. Okay. Uh, ben. Johnson. Johnson. Let's hear about it. Um, I do have a little bit of an issue 
looking into his history a little bit, he hasn't had a head coaching job and he just got turned down from like Northern Illinois or what was it for a head coaching job. And then he just jumps up to the big 10. Well, obviously the ties and his ability mm-hmm. to recruit one player. Um, I, I don't know. Like I get it. Spencer, I'll, I know you have a bunch to say about it and you'll be able to explain it all a lot better than me. All I'll say is after the press conference in which I was so impressed with your athletic director. Mark. Mark Coyle. Yep. Is that making this hire, he better be goddamn sure. Like, he better be goddamn sure about this because he can't afford to make two bad hires in a row. Minnesota has all the facilities, has all the resources needed. Who is, who is the first bad hire? Well, I don't know if he hired Patino. I he guess. didn't. Okay. Oh, he kept Patino too he long. He fact checked you. That's fair. I didn't know. He kept Patino too long. Whatever. But I hope this works out because after he said that we're going for a big splash, uh, I don't know if he didn't think this guy was available before that press conference or what, but I didn't think that after that press conference that he'd make his decision in a week after he said he was going to make a big splash with a lot of coaches that are still out there with unsigned contracts. So that's where I sit with it. I only question it for that reason after he goes, yeah, I'd like to make a big splash or whatever. And then this guy doesn't exactly have a resume that would uh, constitute uh, quote unquote, a big splash, Peter, kind of like what you were saying. So we'll see. I, I like that. We'll see for the sake of Minnesota sports and the big 10. I hope it works out but I'm skeptical if I'm being honest. I don't hate it because I don't know anything about him. Maybe I don't know anything, period, but that, that's where I'll leave it. Spencer? Yeah, so initially I think everybody wanted somebody like a Brian Dutcher, um, a million-dollar buyout to go to Minnesota, and I think that you you know, you know maybe thought of a mid-major coach with coaching experience. I will agree with you, Peter. Um, I, I don't love – that he doesn't have any head coaching experience, but I love his energy. Um, I got to say Mark Coyle really doesn't miss with coaches. It doesn't seem like he brings in somebody like PJ Fleck to Minnesota. He's, he's put Minnesota on the map. He's changed the football program around. Um, he seems to be, you know, doing some, some good stuff with the football team. He brings in a coach like Bob Motzko or Motzka, Motzko, Motzko. And look at where the Gopher hockey team is right now. A one seed in the West Regional. Um, they had a great year this year, 20 wins, uh, Big Ten Big tournament Ten champions. champions. There you go. You look at his career at Syracuse. He brings in their head football coach. Um, he he put Syracuse, he had them playing. They beat Clemson in, I think, his first or second year. That's great. Syracuse isn't by no means as great, I would say, at football. But, you know, they're, they're not where they were. They're better off. And – I don't know. I mean, I trust Coyle enough where I think that, you know, this guy clearly did something to impress him. I mean, at some point, whether it's with a mid-major or not, I mean, 16 years in as, a, as an assistant, at, at some point that door breaks down for him, right? You got to hope. And he's got connections 
to the state. I think the Gophers, instead of trying to go, because I don't think that you're going to get a Chet Holmgren or a Jalen Suggs or a top tier caliber player like that. We've said that on this, you know, on our podcast, probably the last three episodes we've talked about that. But if Minnesota can start to get the guys, you know, we got O2, we got Amir Coffee. They're in the NBA right now. Wisconsin got Brad Davidson and Nate Reavers. They played four years there. They're not going to go to the NBA. They're going to play four years at college. That's going to be the highest state level they get to. They might be in the G League or in Europe, but like that's probably going to be the highest stage they get to. And that's not a bad thing. You know, they've developed, they won a lot of games. They played super well. You know, they won the Big Ten tournament or the regular season last year. And Minnesota needs to focus on, you know, maybe we don't get Chet Holmgren, but we keep those other guys in state. I think he helps with that. He has ties to De La Salle and the De La Salle High School, which is, Peter, I think you can attest to this. They're perennially pretty pretty yeah. dominant at basketball Gabe. in the state of Minnesota. Gabe Kelsher is an alum from there. All of the former players who he was an assistant for speak highly of him. Why wouldn't they? I mean, you, you know, you're not going to come out and say this is a stupid hire. Um, Amir Coffey's dad, Todd Coffey, not Todd Coffey, he was a pitcher, but Mir Coffey's dad, you know, he spoke very highly of him. He said he was the right hire. And I think I, I think saw that tweet move. today. I think it's a good move. I, I really do. I, it, it's, it's low. I don't want to say it's low risk, high reward, but it kind of is because it, I don't think they're going to get any worse than they were this year. One, I don't think injuries hit us as hard. I think the problem will be trying to get recruits right away. It, where is he going to get them from? unless you get Chad Holmgren, we're probably not going to be a top eight team next year. Like we'll be a bottom feeder again in the big, big 10, but you know, if you can get recruits and get some excitement built into the program, I mean, Minnesota is waiting for something to happen. Williams arena, hard to argue one of the best like venues in the big 10 conference when it's packed, maybe, you know, as a young coach, you can connect with players. You know, you're not an older man, like Jim Behine or um, the old Michigan coach and, I don't know. I think it's, a, I think it's a good hire and I have faith of him. I mean, I trust Coyle and I, I trust Ben Johnson. He's our coach now. I mean, you got to live with it. And I have faith in you having faith in him. Exactly. So if there I put my stamp of approval, I think everybody can. And he had a great press conference. I mean, I'll say this. I haven't listened to it yet, but I will. Little surprised by the hire. Just, you know, he's 39, hasn't had to head coaching experience, but I don't hate it. I like it. I do like the hire. So there well i will say this there well matsko is not exactly the most animated guy but for the there's no lack of animation or uh, enthusiasm between the head basketball coach and the football coach at the university of minnesota now um i again you know how i feel about flack i think his enthusiasm is awesome i think he's a great motivator um he's got some things to figure out too again this year i I hope I hope energy isn't the reason for hire in Mark Coyle's eyes. There, I'll leave it at that. Maybe that's a better way to round up my words after what you said. But I don't hate it. Like I, I was texting you about that, Spencer. I I don't hate the hire. It just just seemed quick. I I don't know. But um, going off of what you said, where you think that they'll be about the same as they were this year. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I think that they should expect that if not a little better, actually. Um, I think that they thought that they would be better this year uh, or, you know, and that's not, I'm not trying to throw shade. I think they did genuinely think 
they'd be better this year. Injuries didn't help, obviously. But I don't know. Energy guys, like if like if if his vibes are right, energy guys can make teams better right away. So if he's got the resources and better players to his access and his it's his first time that he gets to implement his offense, his defense, his game plans. I'm telling you what, the right energy can can make you a good coach. And if you're a good coach, like genuinely a good coach, I don't think it matters what sport you coach. I think you, if you're a good coach, I genuinely think you could coach any sport. So we'll see. Um, yeah. From, from a non-fan perspective, it was just the speed for me that threw me off. He makes sense. The hire makes sense. Spencer, the connections make sense, but yeah, that's all I got for big 10 basketball. Do you guys have any more? Yeah. Machines win the whole thing. All right, in the third place, Michigan. All right. All right, and next up on Big Thoughts, uh, the now regular segment, of course, we welcome Wild Dan. Um, a lot has happened in the sports world in the last week. Um, I haven't been able to watch a whole lot of hockey, so you want to give us an update, a little overview of the league, a little state of hockey with Wild Dan, as Spencer so creatively came up with? What's up, boys? What's How up? are we doing today? We are doing. Rainy day. Uggy out. Oh, rainy day indeed. Rainy day indeed. Um, yeah, very big week, I'd say. I learned a lot this week. I got excited this week and I got sad this week. <laughs> That's like, you know, I did all three things. Um, but big week indeed. Um, in terms of the wild, we got kind of stomped by the avalanche. Big time. Twice <laughs> no, five to one and then six zero. Yeah. I started watch, watching like the first five minutes of the, the first game. And I was like, we got this. We'll be fine. Um, sheer dominance. It was, it was horrible to watch. Now, do you think that's, was that in XL Energy Center or was that away? Because I've been watching, you know, I've been, I've been parousing the WCCO nightly news at 10 o'clock. <laughs> and Maxi believes that, uh, and I think, I mean, he's got a point because their record is very good at home, but he thinks it's home cooking. Like, you know, the home cooking is what's keeping the wild kind of afloat. You know, there weren't a lot of expectations maybe coming into this year, but keeping them afloat at home on the road, they're not as good. What do you, what you, what do you say to that? Wild what, what you, what say ye? What um, say ye? Yeah. We are pretty good at home. Pretty sure we've won nine straight now as of last night. Um, I don't know. I don't know how much home ice advantage matters this season, you know, because there's okay. no fans, you know, so most teams aren't letting fans in the stadium and those that do, it's only like 3000 people. Right. So there's going to sure. be fans of both sides. Um, so I don't know if that matters anymore, but fuck, if it does, then. Wild the wild got it figured out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Either that or, we're completely 
screwed when we played some play someone um, away in the playoffs. That's just going to suck to watch. You know, now, sorry, could I ask a question quick? Yeah. Um, you said that, you know, this year with less fans, you don't think that the home ice matters as much. Mm. Uh, I don't know. Like playing sports and stuff growing up and still playing sled hockey now, like obviously not the NHL, obviously the accommodations, not even close, won't go there. But I don't know, like when I get to play like out of our home arena or like when we play a home tournament, like it's a lot like mentality wise. And this isn't the case for everyone. This is just for me anyways. I don't know, coming out of a home locker room, your home bench, like I feel like that would make a difference, but or you don't think that that's playing into it at all this year? Maybe. Uh, I'm sure, you know, obviously it's it's nicer because you're comfortable where you're playing at. And like you said, the home locker room and, and there's still that home vibe because the other team still has to stay in a hotel, right? Which would suck uh, yeah. during quarantine. I mean, if you're playing the wild four nights in a row and you have to stay four nights in a hotel or however many nights in a hotel, that would suck. Um, yeah. So, yeah, to a certain extent, it's probably going to be an advantage, but I feel at the end of the day, it's not what's driving us to do well at the moment. I think we're just playing pretty well, although it is scary that uh, those two apps games were a big wake up call for us. Now, does the XL Energy like just this is my last thing about home cooking. I, do they have a special food item there that like the wild can only get when they go home? Like I know that certain teams, you know, like. I'm sure the Avalanche have Rocky Mountain oysters, you know, at the, at the uh, formerly, formerly the Pepsi Center, now Ball Makes Arena. So strong, like bull. Yeah. Do you think that that, like, maybe they got some some poutine or like some dipping dot, like secret dipping dot sauce or something that like Kirill's just crushing at the X or what? Uh, <laughs> dipping dots. I haven't had dipping dots in a minute. Um, I don't know. Maybe like wings or some shit like that. I know what you mean, but I would have no way of knowing, you know? Fair I could enough. only imagine. I could only imagine maybe there's something brewing underneath the stands, <laughs> like a chili of sorts. Oh, I could like, I could get behind XL Energy's chili <laughs> or something. That sounds good. <laughs> Why do you think we're doing so well at home, bro? It's the homemade chili. Yeah, it's yeah. the XL Energy chili, man. Chili Haven't from the X. It? Yeah. It's probably no, what's uh what who's the Tom? Oh my god, what's his name? Tom Reed. Oh, like the the radio man? No, well, he might be on the radio. I don't know. He has a bar just on the street. He used to play for the North Stars. Gosh, what's <laughs> his name? Maybe he's whipping something up. You know, he's cooking up. He's got Matt. something famous brewing. I cannot think of his name. <laughs> <laughs> right, right over Spencer's head. Spencer's I heard it, chose to ignore it. Oh, that wasn't even the bad one. <clears throat> um. I'm actually very confused about what the fuck you guys are talking about. I can't lie. We're talking about what's making the wild really good right now. At yeah, home. No, no, I Spen got thought it. maybe it was some, some cooking, some, some, home some literal, some literal home cooking is oh, essentially yeah. what you're getting at. Maybe, maybe huh? players live with each other all the time. You never know what's going down, but yeah, uh, I don't know. It was an important, it's been a really important just to go back to, you know, the wild. I would say it's, it's a, it's been a very important weekend and week for us. Um, I always said that I'm going to feel a lot better about us going into the playoffs when I see us play, you know, the, the stronger teams in our division. Um, and this weekend we struggled against a very strong team in all aspects of the game. We just looked completely shut down the whole time. We didn't have any breathing room. We 
didn't really make chances for ourselves. And it was just a dominant performance against us. And there's, we weren't doing anything to stop it. So I think now that we've kind of gone through that early on in the season, we can really develop off of that and work off of it to, to get stronger, hopefully mid-season. Well, and in that West division, this is the first time all year that I've noticed um, that unlike the other divisions, teams were pretty close. The bottom was close to the top. Now, a week after we last talked about it, now it is not close. Um, there's been some legitimate separation between mm-hmm. the top and the bottom. Um, obviously, you're looking at the Knights, the Avalanche, and the Wild. Um, they're they're all within six points of each other at the top. Um and then the differential now at the bottom is, is 24 points with the Ducks and 28 points with the Sharks. Um, the Sharks just keep doing this goddamn uh, – they, uh, they're, they're streaky, not every other game streaky. They win four games, lose four games, win four games, lose four games, and that is just fucking brutal to watch. It's like – You know what I call that? Horrible. What? Mediocre. Wild. Mediocre hockey squad. Yeah. <laughs> No, I mean, usually the mediocre squads can't, <coughs> sorry, can't pour together four wins in a row. So it's just, it's weird. And you look at that lineup and the production from like Carlson. Carlson's actually been playing better since he came back from the groin earlier this year. So that's been nice. Um, points are average with him right now, but better than what they have been production wise in the last year. Cause he's just hasn't played much. When you look at that lineup, they should, they should be better. Obviously, they don't have – you know, they're missing guys like Barkley, Goodrow, and uh, who's the dude who plays for the Avs, number 72, uh, Donskoy. Guys like, like those two who are now like major role players on third lines of uh, – Goodrow just won a cup last year with the Lightning. Don, yeah, big time boo. And Donskoy plays a major role moving the puck around with the Avalanche. Obviously, he's not one of their top guys, but you hear his name called a lot when you watch Avalanche games. So whatever. So they're missing like these role players and fighting like, them. Well, when you're looking at that, like you look at this roster and then you look at these guys having so much success um, when they've gotten to other teams. Um, uh, what's his name? Dylan. He plays for the Caps now, the defenseman. Yeah, like, Matt like, I, I don't know. It's like you let these people go. Like, you should still be contenders, is my point. Like, you look yeah. at the people you have now. You look at Pavelski on the goddamn – like, he wasn't asking for that much money. So you just butt hurt that you guys no, – Like, no, like <laughs> – I don't, I don't know what you're getting no, at. Right like, now. <laughs> like I, I, guess, I guess what I'm getting at is they're a lot better than I thought they would be. And I'm wondering if, if you think that they have any room to get better this year or where's the streakiness coming from? Get back to my original question. How yeah. do you think it's possible to keep winning four games in a row and then also lose four games in a row? Like goaltending. Yep. <laughs> I mean, Martin Jones and Dubnik are a recipe for disaster. Are you kidding me? I don't think anyone would want that duo. Yeah. I, I mean, I sure don't like it. I, I exactly. And that's, that's a big deal right there. You got to be confident who's behind the pipes every night. Look at Florida. Look at the Rangers. Look at Islanders. Look at Boston. Yeah. Two really solid goaltenders night in, night out. That's what you need. All the good teams are rolling out with them. Speaking of all the mediocre teams. 
unless you got Vazzy, then you just you just throw uh <laughs> McKinley well, he's, he's McKinley or whatever. He's starting like seventy games a season, dude. Oh he's yeah, fucking, he's fucking crazy. Oh, I know. I drafted he's, Mace overall. Uh, bro. I could spend a whole episode just raving. Spencer, sorry, real quick about Boston. What do you have to say to Boston fans who think Tuka Rask is a bad goalie? No, Tuka Rask is good. No, I think Tuka Rask is a very good goalie, but there's a lot of Boston fans that think Tuka Rask has been garbage and is garbage. No, I don't think so. I mean, let's look at – if you look at his history quick, not his history, but, like, the, the decor has always been, I think – especially with Tori Krug, like they were really focused on offense. Wouldn't you say, Dan? I mean, I think that you look at, you know, they had Zidane Ochara and they had, you know, like some other dudes who like to throw around the body at least early on, but they still had Tim Thomason. When like Tuka kind of took the reins, it, it felt to me like the defensemen were really focused on um, trying to score the puck. And, you know, that can leave your goalie out to dry, which, I mean, I think that's good <laughs> and bad for Tuka because he – he is good enough where you can leave him. You don't need to exactly be like right there always, but you still don't want to leave your goalie out to dry every single time, especially when there's a loose puck. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, he is getting older, so I don't think it's fair to say that he sucks. I mean, he's definitely a very competent, um, if not amazing goaltender and has been for the last decade. No, I just it's just interesting to always see – I, I don't know. Like they talk about it on chiclets, which is why I bring it up. Like they say that some people out there just cannot wrap their head around that. He's a good goalie because of some of the situational games that he's lost. And it's sure. like, it's like, you think that one or two games a season to find if you're a good all around goaltender, it's like, he's one. And I, I'm not arguing with you guys, obviously. I'm just like hearing this, it blows my mind. It's like, He's won Boston so many more games than he's lost them. Sure. So it's crazy that I don't know that Boston fans feel that way, but I well, know it's they're also very, that market too. They're very you know, passionate. You got to take that with a grain of salt. So, um, Sven, I know you have some opinions about Bennington. What do you think about his contract? Six um, years at six million dollars a year. Uh, how old is he? Twenty-seven, twenty-eight. I, mean, I think it's good for him to grab the bag. I don't know. I, th- I think we've seen in the past with goalies, you know, they have a really strong performance for a couple of years and then teams almost feel like they want to, you know, they're under a really tough or they're in a really tough spot financially. And they have a lot of money tied up in a goaltender. You look at Matt Murray with the, uh, with the penguins, obviously they kind of did that to themselves. He's you know? been kind of a dud. Right. And they, tri- they, tri- I mean, they got rid of them for a reason, you know, they didn't see a future with them. They did, they wanted to get out from that financial, he might've been a free agent. They didn't see, you know, the reason. Ex- the value. Yeah. They didn't see any value, which, you know, that sucks. Cause like all these guys are good. I mean, look at Vancouver. They didn't want to give um, Markstrom, you know, that money. And he went to yeah. Calgary and he's, he's been playing, you know, very good. He's probably kept the flames Alive. in the playoff on, I would say, I mean, realistically, and I mean, for the Blues, I feel like he's almost one of those dudes, like, he's like, Ryan O'Reilly's a very solid player. Like, he's a great player. Borderline, you know, one of the top centers in the league, I would say. You know, you lock him up, you make him your captain, but then you lose Petrangelo, you let him walk. All right, that's fine. Whatever. You're not, you can't sign everybody, you know, you got to realize that. But I almost think that Bennington is like, he was a pretty big reason why they won that Stanley Cup. And I think it might be some of that, like, hey, you got us a cup, you kind of earned this more than... So they hey, might've given him a little bit more of that payout, yeah. you know, and like, it, that's not to say that he won't be good for the next four to five years or even the whole contract maybe, but it's, it's interesting to see, you know, the teams continue to make a mistake 
not always, but you know, sometimes locking money up in a, in one position, one goalie. I haven't looked at the contract, but I wonder, sorry. I wonder if it's uh, like front loaded. It, it sh- then, if so, then that's like, that's good on them. Right. Good on well, bins for securing the bag early on. So you can account for, you know, getting older, but it's low risk at that point, you know? Right. Yeah. So if it's front loaded, then, then they're fine. And I would say that after that cup run that he made, Sure, he does probably deserve to get paid. But I think, okay, so who was it that signed Vasilevsky for that unreal deal when he left? Is, is Was he with the Some Lightning? Tampa, yeah. yeah. And who, uh, god damn it, who's the goalie for the Panthers? Grabowski. Yeah, so he signed, is that mine? It's not me. It's It's your takes. Your takes are too hot. You got to go check that out. Me and Dan will hold down the fort. We'll come back to the Brabowski. I got, I got a thing. I want to talk some fantasy hockey with Dan. I wish I joined your league. So, so Marcus is going to go take a second because, you know, he's got the hot takes. So his, uh, his fire alarms going off, but Dan, I texted you a trade Gene Gabriel and what's, uh, what's Pav, Pavlinovich, how do you say his name? The guy from oh, the Rangers who's been – he's oh, been – he's really hot right now. Had a Buch, very solid year. Oh, Buchnevich. Buchnevich. Yes. So him, Buchnevich, and what was the other guy gave up? Oh, uh, man. JVR. Yeah, James Van Riemsdyk for Nathan McKinnon. You know, um, an MVP award finalist, you know, you would think projected. And you said it was a bad trade, and I want to know why. Because McKinnon has been on fire the last week since I've had him. See, JVR's cooled off, and other than Booch, I I don't know if you know if um, Gene Gabriel was really worth having him. I mean, he's worth the roster spot, but yes, I uh, yeah, and I see where you're coming from, and I kind of take a little bit of it back, but also I'm in the mindset of dynasty fantasy leagues now, so I'm thinking like long term. Yeah, and all the guys that you football one, yeah. Uh, oh my god sorry keep keep going my quarterback's a piece of shit uh, oh. field. <laughs> keep going <laughs> jeez to say the very least um but no i'm thinking like long term and I'm, i see all those guys names and i know they're all young and they're all going to be amazing for the next like five years maybe so yeah but would you not make i guess that if you're if you're, if you're trying to league? I guess a lot of it depends on who else you have on your team, but I'm assuming that it's pretty good if you can just afford to trade a bunch of those guys. I, yeah. I mean, my center position right now, I just picked up. Uh, well, I have, obviously I have Patrice. He's my team captain, my heart, my soul. I yeah, he's he's about to be fourth all time Boston Bruins scoring. Yeah, I know. I got, I need to get, and I, again, the Irish man who listens, you want to send me a Patrice Bergeron jersey with the C. I'm not going to say no, but I have so he's my captain. I have Bo Horvat. He's another center of mine, and then I got McKinnon. So my centers are like I'm good. And Pretty then good. I just picked up, um, you know, Bo, Bo Horvat's like one of the worst defending forwards in the league. That's it's like we don't do plus minus. So don't matter. He's like bottom five. <laughs> That's fine. Don't we fucking don't, matter. We don't need defense. <laughs> we just want points. We got goals, assists, power play points, hits, block shots. So good and shit. no faceoff wins. Even though if we had faceoff wins, man. That'd be different. I would Nick, 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 right Nick Benino would be an amazing asset. But anyways, I'm, I don't know. I think I'm assuming that from what you just said, that the rest of your team is pretty good. And I would say if you're trying to win now, then definitely the trade works in your favor. Oh yeah. 
I'm trying to win now. And I traded with the guy at last. So oh, fuck helping, him, helping him out a little bit. Yeah, Bucin, I'm trying to. Uh, in real life, though, Buchnevich is having a great season. Oh, and absolutely. the Rangers, the Rangers are very good. All of a sudden, the Rangers yep. are very good. It's because Peter hopped in the well, Okay, I'll finish this thought about the Rangers, and then can we go back to the goalie thing? Yeah. Um. So, Panarin is at least for now out of the out of the woodwork with whatever was going on, and he's back to playing and practicing. Um. And he, you know, that was four or five days ago. He came back for his first game, scored right away. So getting him back. <laughs> I heard it. Okay. S- sorry. Keep this in. Beep, boop, beep. Have have you guys ever set off the smoke detector cooking fucking ramen? No, is it your girlfriend ramen. doing that right now? Is it in did she put it in the microwave? No. Oh, okay. Because that happens in dorms all the time. There's supposed to be yeah, water. There is supposed ramen. to be water. Anyways, anyways. I don't know if that would that's a crucial that is a crucial misstep if you forget to do that. Well, one time in middle school, I did make ramen without water. Wow. My mom was pissed, put her in the microwave, came out. <laughs> <and> <laughs> did you eat it? Nice. Hell yeah, I ate Sweet. it. Mom didn't eat <laughs> Jesus. It's um, like your mom making you eat soap, but she was like, eat what you made. Eat what you fucked the microwave up with, boy. Yeah, seriously. So, brick. fuck. Oh, so it seems like Panarin got his shit figured out and the Rangers got that figured out. And he, as of right now, is not in any legal trouble or whatever. Um, and he scored his first night back. So that Ranger team just being able to hold down the fort while their best player was out. Um, Sign of good things to come. Well, you'd have to imagine. Um, and Z's heating up. Is that Igor Shesterkin? No. He's uh, Mika Zajinabad or oh, Benajad. Benajad. Yeah, and that's good because yeah, well, he had a Hall shitty or, start for the year. Yeah. Um no, uh, Shesterkin's out right now. Shesterkin, uh, he's out. Yeah. So another question about a team out um, in New York. Um, right now, the five worst plus minuses in the league all belong to Buffalo Sabres. <laughs> yeah. That I mean, means really. they have two whole lines that have been scored on more than any other line in hockey, essentially. <laughs> that yeah. is so fucking bad they yeah. need they I, I mean at this point i don't care if jack eichel is humble i don't care if taylor hall is humble i'm getting the fuck out of there it has not gotten better they've tried i know we've talked about this a little bit and we don't need to waste our time on a shitty team but this is crazy hey taylor hall to the islanders sure make it, whatever make it happen I love how the Islanders like got hyped because they went on like a what seven eight game win streak and it's like yeah. bro you're you're playing Buffalo and New Jersey like six times in a row like are you kidding me yeah, Care? yeah. <laughs> but I don't know like B- Buffalo's got an absolute nightmare situation um, and what I can't wrap my head around is I think before the season started I can't remember Dan if you were already on here and we were talking about it or Spencer, if this was our conversation, but like, if you look at the top six forwards and the top four demon for Buffalo, they should be good. There's no, there's no excuse other than a, the GM's horrible. B the head coach was horrible. Hey, shout out to our guy, Don Granado though. 
kind mm. of friend, kind of friend of the program. He's getting his first head coaching shot. Residual friend. Residual friend of the program. We'll say he's our friend of the program just for shits and giggles. But um, he's put a ton of time in. So being able to know Tony, and I talked to Tony about it, and he's super excited. So um, Donnie's put a ton of time in. So that's cool. But he inherited the biggest shit storm that hockey's seen in a while, other than what Iserman's trying to put back together in Detroit. Um, yeah. So if you're Buffalo, I mean – they haven't been good for Godspeed. Sorry, sorry, but do you? I mean, if you're the owner, do you sell the team? I mean, what? What? Where do you go from here? Like, you know what you got, I would do what? I would. I would try to get as much publicity as I can. And what I would do is I would build the biggest barrel that I could possibly build. They're in Buffalo, New York, right? You know what else is in Buffalo? Niagara Falls. Bills. Niagara Falls. So you take a big barrel and you put the whole team in it and you send them over Niagara Falls for a publicity stunt, right? I mean, you know how much, how many views you would get on YouTube if a big ass barrel with the, with the Sabres logo, a couple sponsors thrown on there. There's, yeah. I don't think that plane could fail. Yeah. No one would get hurt. And then you no, cross I your... mean, <laughs> no, you got team doctors. I mean, they're there for it's athletic. It's athletic trainer trainer month right now. I mean, we support our athletic trainers. I mean, they can work out the bruises. I think it'll be fine. I think it would be good. Uh, what, can you tweet that at them right now and see what they think? Hey, uh, hey, hey uh, at Buffalo Sabres. So I have an idea. Send your whole team over the largest falls in North America and see if they survive. They would, man. You know how many people went over the falls back in the day? All right. We have the technology. We do Sorry, have the but... technology, as Peter likes to say. You know what? Put that in a simulation, Peter. Since we're going to sim if Tom Brady's the GOAT or like Michael Jordan versus LeBron, let's put let's put all the Sabres in a big-ass barrel, send that over the falls, and then everybody. Let's I got get, a lot of ideas, by the it. way. I got I got a – Dan, you like golf? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so here's one. So you know how they give the Stanley Cup? It kind of goes hand-in-hand with hockey. So Stanley Cup doesn't change <laughs> – you know, it's the same trophy. It's the same trophy, yeah. Yeah, so, like, there aren't any re- – there's, like, four replicas or whatever, or three. Like, one in the Hall of Fame that takes its place when it's with players. One that, like, I don't know, somewhere else, whatever. Uh... So, every team has, like, a Super Bowl Lombardi trophy. Well, why does everybody at the Masters get a green jacket? They should have just had the original green jacket from, like, 1925 <laughs> or whatever and just handed that down the line. You know how, many, how gross that would smell? Yeah. <laughs> Like, I think that that's what they should start doing. A brand new tradition, a tradition like no other. Think about Jim Nance. Like, you got people on the 18th green. And Jim Nance has to wear it the whole four days. Handing <laughs> just the grossest jacket you've ever seen that just stinks like cigarettes and scotch. And it's just hand it's, falling, it's falling the fuck apart. Like, yeah, threads just everywhere. And by the end, <laughs> at, like 50 years later, you're just handing like a piece of fabric. It's just keep, the pocket like logo. Keep this shit safe. <laughs> Keep it in your pocket at all times. Okay, so the Buffalo Sabres have uh, to go back to hockey. That's a great idea, by the way. I would Thank love you. to see that shit. Um, so the Buffalo Sabres have 24 games left. Over, under, they win 15 games this season. Under. under. Hammer oh, 15 under. games this season? They're at six wins right now, and they're 30 games in. So 24 oh, left. Oh, over. I'm giving my guy, Donnie. Okay, so hear me out on this one. Usually in any pro sports, when new head coach comes in and they just change anything that they've been doing before, usually you get some excitement wins. So I'll take the I'll take that they get over fifteen, just just for the sheer fact that you might get some excitement wins um, of just things being different. You know, Don's kind of playing uh, 
playing fail safe right here with them. And this is why I'm saying they'll go over is he, he kind of gets to start implementing his structure, but essentially gets to answer questions to the press and say, all right, boys, go out there and have some fun, you know, go play good, hard hockey. And he can't really do much more than that right now. Cause it's, it's not his full season to prepare. So. Yeah. He's like a Tom Reed. He's like, Hey, Taylor Hall, right in the ass. Go, yeah. you know, spend over under. I'm going to go under cause they're not good. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah i mean and like that, that, that I hey, under. No. hey you just wrote the best paper of the day well i mean i've under I've, they're not good they're not yeah hockey hockey head i say under i have a tiny bit of faith in the granado over i'm gonna say under 100 percent. but i also said that uh ottawa wouldn't get to 12 and they're knocking keep on up. the door they're at keeping up so back to the goalie thing before the fire alarm started I feel like we're seeing this in pro sports where, like, I don't know. What did Bennington's contract end up being? It ends up as six a year, six a year but he's getting, like, 12 this year and then, like, eight and then, like, four mm-hmm. and two or whatever. So we saw it with not Bobrovsky, but the dude for the Panthers. Sorry. I, Bobrovsky. Oh, Okay. So he got paid a shitload of money and it is starting to work out with them, but they're, they're kind of gotten lucky with young guys that have came in and been awesome, but, and Keith Yandel and Keith, but it's so hard to tie up your contract with the goalie. I mean, they don't even play every game. Like they, and no point in any NHL season anymore, will you see a goalie play every game. So paying them as much as a center who might play 82 games, is really inconceivable to me. Yes, the goalie position is so important. We can see that. Like, there's no question about that. But but when have we seen, other than the exception of Carey Price, or, you know, like, Flurry, guys that are still playing right now that have been genuinely good for that long, you don't see it that often. Throughout history, there's been a select handful of goalies who have been good for more than 10 years. I spin zone this on you, not yeah. in a bad way, just like, yeah, yeah finish your point. And then I want to, I want to bring up something so, that I'm curious of what you guys have to say. So I guess in the blues case, like, yeah, good contract to end load that, but Bobrovsky's contract is like going to start to fuck over hockey. And I know that their new agreement with the SBN will allow the cap to go up and whatever. So that'll change things. I get that, but we're starting to pay people that don't deserve to be paid that kind of money. Like, A, professional athletes, it's insane that they get paid this much money to begin with. Just whatever. That's a whole different can of worms. Don't need to go there. But some of these dudes are getting paid money that they for sure don't deserve. And I I hate it. And I think in hockey, it's starting from the goalie position because that is such a specialized thing to pay someone that much money. And then in turn, when you pay a goalie that much money, it is so fucking easy to put all of the blame on them. So I don't know. I think paying goalies that much doesn't work out for the teams in the end. Any opinions, Spencer, your spin zone. I guess we'll, we'll see. I think, I think if I can just speak real quick with what Dan has to say, um, I got to say that, you know, the problem is though, like you're either going to pay your goalie that you're comfortable with and that you know well and like has a good style and everybody gets along with or you're going to try to trust a rookie a rookie, or somebody that another team didn't pay. And I think sometimes it's better to overpay for your homegrown guy or your guy that you know you're comfortable with 
than to do what the Canucks did and go, you know what? We saw this rookie who had a tremendous bubble postseason, and we're going to go with him and like have, um, you know, Jonathan Markstrom as kind of like the starter, mm-hmm. but also kind of the backup to groom or backup to groom him. So I think that's where you get stuck. And I think it's kind of like quarterbacks. Like, do you, I mean, are there certain quarterbacks that are overpaid in the NFL? Yes. Look at Jared Goff. He probably doesn't deserve the contract he has, but at some point, you you either have like a quarterback like him, a game manager type guy who you trust and know can do some, like get there and have that potential, or you're going to go and do, well, we can't take a quarterback every year in the draft and we can't just keep cycling through rookies. So like, we got to have somebody. Fair. That's my spin zone. I will take it. I support that. Dan, um, do you have any closing arguments? Hmm. All I'm going to say and or is, statements and or statements. Yeah, here we go. All I'm going to say is go wild. All I'm going to say is the wild got a goalie who's 24 and he's damn near leading the, uh, the league in every single goalie category at the moment. He's on my fantasy team. And he's making like less than a million dollars this year. We've got our goalie. Fuck Bennington. Fuck his contract. Argument done. Yeah, you better uh, better hope that salary cap goes up if this uh, goalie's so goddamn good because you're gonna have yep. some. Yep. Uh, <laughs> you uh, it's be an issue. You boys got the old Wild got some young players that are gonna require a shitload of money, a ton of money. Kirill's first contract, he might be able to ask for twelve a year. No. No. Right now he'd be on Maybe like 10. Maybe right like now, 10. right now, oh yeah, 12 is insane. That's a bit much. But right now he's on pace to be a 40 goal scorer, and most 40 goal scorers in the league right now make at least nine. So yes, we'll see. Other than Marshan, which <laughs> go hold. But he's a team friendly guy. Yeah, he cares about his boys. Um, who do Wild have upcoming? Ducks tomorrow night. Ducks. Sub, don't give me a W on that one. I um, would say so as well. <laughs> because I, it'll be, uh, I don't know if he's still up, but I hope that for the Ducks, I hope Trevor Zegers is still up. Um, he's super fun to watch. I'll be curious. Um, I'll probably have to watch that game. Um, but yeah. Do you have anything else? Nah, I think I'm out of it all. I think I just splurged everything I got. Dan, can I ask you one question not related to hockey? What's up? How do you feel about Patrick Peterson on the Vikings? (laughs) And that's what I'm I'm going on. (laughs) I got a dip. All right. Thanks for coming out, Wild Dan. Thanks, Dan. Um, let's move on to some Big Ten hot. Biscuit. Boy. boy, oh boy. Woo! Hey, big news. This is the first time that all five Minnesota schools made the tourney. UMD, right. U of M, Mankato, Bemidji, St. Cloud. Fun fact, this is the 14th time all Wisconsin schools have made the tourney. Wisconsin. <laughs>
all division one Wisconsin schools. Um, yeah, let's talk about it. Um, so obviously the frozen four is what the tournament's called, but it's 16 teams. Um, that's getting started this weekend. Um, I'll bring up the bracket here, but, uh, to start off first out of the big 10, Notre Dame snuck in the committee, liked their body of work. They liked the fact that they played against three other really, really, really good teams. Um, it shocked me a little bit. Spencer, did that shock you at all? Well, one, they benefited from St. Lawrence, um, St. Lawrence's COVID case. Directly so. from them. I, I I don't think that it's bad. It's a bad thing by any means, but um, it was, yeah, it was, it was interesting, an interesting move to put them in, but I like it. I mean, I think it's good for the conference. Um, I thought, I thought the committee also, um, Settle said a lot without saying a lot about the Big Ten bringing Notre Dame in as the extra team based off basically who they played. But moving Wisconsin into that first seed took, I mean, that that eliminated three conference champions from being a one seed. Think about that. So I think that says a lot about Wisconsin and may, or you know, if you can. You know, I think a lot of regular fans wouldn't look into that necessarily, like of who they had to move out of the one seed. But Minnesota is the number two, number one seed. Wisconsin's the number four, number one seed. Michigan gets a number two seed. And and, uh, Notre Dame, obviously, they, you know, they get a four seed. But we're looking at the first round. North Dakota plays American International University, AIU, uh, or AIC, I think it is, American International College. But I think North Dakota will blow them out. But what's interesting about a 16-team tournament, Spencer, thoughts on this? Yeah. If you get in, you genuinely have a chance. Yeah. It's like jumping straight into the Sweet 16. Yeah, well, literally. (laughs) Literally is, but (laughs) – I would say that the, the the disparity between the number 16 team this year and the number one team in college hockey is not that far off. Um, North Dakota is obviously very good. They didn't play in that great of a conference this year, though. WCHA wasn't that awesome this year. It's not the WCHA anymore. Yes. Uh, oh, is it still? Wait, no. They're in the north. And like, I don't know. But North Dakota is really good, though. Super good. I'm not – Whatever they deserve number one seed. I'm not saying that. Um, Minnesota, Duluth, and Michigan are also in that. So that regional alone, <laughs> think about that. North Dakota, Duluth, and Michigan have fun. AIC. I mean, there's no chance they make it out of there. Um, yeah, that's pretty damn good. Going down to Wisconsin's regional, they'll play out in Bridgeport, Connecticut. Um, Wisconsin plays Bemidji State Friday at noon. Bemidji. Late, yep, the old Bemidji State, and then. Bemidji, bro. Bemidji, whatever Bemidji. Um, Bemidji. I literally like. I know it's Bemidji. I say <laughs> or, Bemidji. I've said. We're just giving you a hard time. Um, Lake Superior State plays UMass. Um, I don't know a goddamn thing about Lake Superior State this year. Where is it from? What I'm, state? My guess is the UP or Michigan. Oh yeah, that probably that makes, makes sense. sense to me. Yeah. But um, jumping over, we got Boston College who play Notre Dame. Um, St. Cloud State is going to play Boston U. And then jumping up to Minnesota's bracket, 
Minnesota. Minnesota plays Omaha. Um, and then Minnesota, Minnesota State and Quinnipiac. So that's also a very, I think, the second toughest um, regional to get out of. Um, Omaha talked about yeah, him a little. Bit. Talked about him a little bit last year on Big Thoughts. I think this is the second year in a row. I can't. I can't. Someone will have to fact check me. So maybe I'm wrong, but I think last year they were going to make the NCAA tournament. So this would have been their second year in a row. Um, Minnesota's going to have their hands full there. I don't think it's anything they can't handle. I think Minnesota's fucking good. Um, actually, as Minnesota's a three seed, I thought they were the two. Minnesota awesome. is the one seed. Yep. Well, North Dakota's the one seed. They're the one. They're the one seed in their bracket, but the three seed overall. I oh, think. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I thought. Yeah, I thought Minnesota was the n- number two. Who's number two again? No, Boston, Boston College. Boston Colleges. They're very good. Yeah. So, well, they're Matty led. Ice. They're led by Spencer Knight in goal. Great um, name. He's an animal. Knight. Um, yeah, Spencer Knight. Spencer is, is a great name. Um, what do you know about Omaha? I'm assuming probably not a ton, but I know they're gonna lose. <laughs> Walked into that one. Key keys to victory. For... Score more goals. Yes. No, 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 score no, more no, goals no, no. than Omaha, and don't let them score any goals. Okay, clowns. I want like a legitimate. What can Minnesota do in this game or this whole weekend? To like, like, what's your what's your keys to the game? Got some keys, keys on you. I got. I, I do. I got some keys to the game right here. You ready? I don't have any keys in my room. Otherwise, I'd get you them. keep Blake McLaughlin hot. He destroyed every team he saw in the big 10 tournament, like, you know, the memes where they have the eyes where it's like just super saturated. They got the eyes. That was Blake McLaughlin, the entire, entire big 10 tournament. Dude was on fire. He had two goals and an assist against Wisconsin. Huge. That was huge to beat them. You need somebody on the third line, the second and third line to come up. He stepped up. You need the flying Finn to continue his pro level dominance. You need LaFontaine to continue his streak in net. And you need Sammy Walker just to keep, Keep the keep the captaincy going, you know. Just keep the boys feeling good in the room. I think they feel loose. I think they feel good. I I don't know, man. I think that they're gonna do. I think they're gonna do some something special, you know. I think they're very good. Um, you know, they're a good team. When I've been willing to say all year that I also think they're very good, but um, I, the only thing that concerns me for Minnesota when it comes down to single elimination playoff style game against a good team or, you know, good teams is they hang Laffer out to dry a lot. And he covers it up a lot by making very good saves look very easy. Shout out to him. Like that, like he looks so calm in that he's a great leader. They talk about a lot on broadcast. He's a leader in the locker room. You don't get that from goalies a lot. But it concerns me that you can't hang a goalie out to dry in a playoff game. You know what I mean? And sure. I, I think they've gotten – not gotten away with it like they've gotten lucky all year. I'm not going to say that. I think in some games, Laffer has made more saves than expected even. I think, uh, like, when does the horseshoe run out or is he just on this type of run where it doesn't matter? I don't know. That's my only concern or question for Minnesota. Um, Tempo is uh, maybe the other one. When they start sitting back and hanging around, 
things do not turn out well for Minnesota. They need to push. They are a pushing hockey team. They're their top six forwards. Fuck. They're all, they're all their skaters that are forwards have elite level speed. Their defensemen, like I just said about hanging people out, have elite level speed too, but on the offense, they're, you know, more towards offensive sided. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think for them, it'll be tempo and not hanging laugher out too much. Um, I don't think it'll be like, can we get our game plan or can we get our mojo or let's go out and bang the body. I don't think it'll be like, Oh, we need to do this. I I think they just need to move their feet and they, any team will struggle with them. Um, I think that's a direct, you can look at the games against Wisconsin this year as a direct result. The three games they lost against Wisconsin literally like literally actually looked flat footed compared to the Minnesota we're used to seeing championship mm-hmm. game where they beat Wisconsin Wisconsin had to climb back into it. They're they were moving. All, they were all over Wisconsin zone at the beginning of the game, all and over them. I watched that game too. Yeah. What a good, that was a good college hockey game. It, I mean, it looked like it was going to be a blowout. I almost turned that shit off, but um, Cole Caulfield's really fun to watch. <laughs> Motherfuckers unreal. Roman Asha. Roman. Goal. Friend well, of the show. did score, score a goal. Two. He scored, scored two. two. He, um, I think for the Badgers, um, looking at Bemidji State. Um, Thank you. I, I think for them, it's uh, the guys who have stepped up this year who have turned into more than role players. Uh, the Dominic Mershes, the Brock Caulfields, the Jack Gorniaks. Um, it's going to come from a line like that, uh, getting a goal or being real physical, winning, winning, uh, 75% of the faceoffs when they're on the ice, something like that from Wisconsin, Spencer, Peter, you guys saw it. You can keep Cole Caulfield and Dylan Holloway away from the puck for a certain amount of time. You cannot keep them away from the puck for the whole game. I'm not saying that they're going to have it the whole game necessarily, but Cole for sure is going to get his chances. So I think for Wisconsin, I don't know if you guys agree with that statement that for Wisconsin, it comes from the guys who have stepped up. Um, Brock Caulfield has eight goals this year, whatever. No one, people didn't know if that would happen. Yeah. Uh, to me, it's, you got to minimize the damage that um, Cole and uh, Dylan Holloway create. I think, I think the way to beat them is how Minnesota did it in the big 10 tournament. You need to score goals. You can't, you can't try to have them sit. Cause once they set up the year bound for disaster, I mean, they work. Cole has gotten a lot better with where he works the puck down and around the, the goal. I think that was, you know, or the, the net. I think that was one of his major goals this off season from listening to you and just the way that he's changed his style of play is working from that area. And when Wisconsin sets up, there's just, there's so many people that are moving. It's, it's, it's incredible because there's so many moving parts. Like you try to watch the puck, and this happens a lot in hockey. I think, you know, you lose sight of that. You look at another player, they'll bang it off the boards. It'll come out. They just look for a rebound. And I think that's something that is very positive for them. And I think the way that the Gophers beat them is every time Caulfield touched the puck, they had four guys on them. Yeah. And that's, that's pretty incredible when you think of like hockey and how it's played. Cause that means that two guys are open for sure. Right. Yeah. And the way you have to neutralize that threat. And then you got to hope a little bit too, that 
the guys that you just mentioned, the, the more of the role players, the third, the second, third line guys that they, you know, they don't hit the net or your goalies on, you know, I think that a little bit of both. Yeah. I think, I think what you said about Cole is correct. I think he's having to get outside of that left uh, little dot slot where Ovi likes to hang out. He's having to get outside of that and circle around more because teams aren't allowing him to get shot, you know, get shots yeah. off from there. And your point being on putting three or four guys on him, essentially what they're doing is trying to run a, a diamond penalty kill towards him is. And it's one player and that's, what's rare. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I'm not going to say that Cole's the best hockey player on the ice, but he is the best goal scorer and shooter on the ice at any time in any college hockey game right now. I, do, I don't know if anyone can argue with that. Um, so he's getting a little bit of the OV treatment. Um, basically, uh, here, please, if you can get a pass across the ice or if you can get this puck somewhere else quick enough, sure. You guys score, but you're not going to beat me. Obviously, if you get out alone with Caulfield, that's a drop in a bucket. Good luck. Uh, that's a 50, 50, true, <laughs> a true 50, 50, uh, but yeah, Wisconsin, it's just uh, much like basketball. If they get that early lead, not letting off it. They have the talent to put, you know, they have talent to put 10 up on anyone. They just right. need, I'm not saying they got to go out and try and do that. But um, one thing that they got lucky against Minnesota, and it's a thing that's a very, very, very powerful thing for this Wisconsin team this year. Is they run four or five, they run five forwards on their power play, which you never see college teams do. It's risky. Well, and Minnesota had a couple chances yeah, on shorties that's, that that's they didn't I, score on. That's what I was saying is it doesn't matter how talented your forwards are. When they get put against other forwards trying to go backwards, it doesn't work out well usually. Right. So that power play that's scored so many goddamn goals, I'll be curious to see in the tournament. And if I'm Tony, I don't change it. It's no, been so successful. It it's been so successful. You don't change it, but they do have to be wary now that you're going to be playing a good team every game here. That when you're throwing all these shots on net, making all these passes, and you have five forwards, you got to get back. You got to have someone ready to get back because Minnesota almost got them. And if Minnesota scores one of those shorthand ears, Wisconsin probably doesn't come back in that game just because of momentum or whatever. So, Another yeah. thing that helped Wisconsin that game, just quick, and then we can stop talking about the Big Ten tournament. When they changed goalies, oh, man, I think it was Blake McLaughlin again. He came down, and he had such a great look at a goal. And uh, whoever – I don't know who their back – was it – who's the backup that came Roll. in? Not the backup, but Bay whoever's Dune. the second guy, Baydoon came in, right? And he made an incredible stop. If if McLaughlin buries that goal, that's a dagger. Like, there, I don't think there's any comeback whatsoever. Um. Also – not also like it's after the fact, it just there's a lot going on in our world and the shit that we always cover, but Wisconsin women's hockey won their sixth national title. Um, Mark Johnson now has six national titles in 20 years. Um, they tied Minnesota for six. I think Minnesota and Wisconsin both have six now. Um, yeah, he, you're talking about, you know, we talked about uh, Patrick Kane, and some of the all-time great American NHL players. Mark Johnson's got to be the greatest American hockey person of all time, right? 
I would, yeah, he's right up there for sure. I, I mean, I, you know, he's not the greatest player of all time. He, although he did have some very good NHL years, no doubt about that. But the USA, or you know, the two goals against Russia, a goal in the championship game, uh, you know, like that. That's the most class. Like he's part of the most classic hockey moment in American history. He's now got six titles as a coach. He How won two. Coach too. Yeah. He won one two as a player. The list goes on and on. You know, you get what I'm saying. And just humble. You've gotten to speak with him on, by passing a few times now. No, I've never talked to him, but I will say one thing. I mean, it says a lot about a man when he has the opportunity to coach the men's team. One of the, probably the most, you know, top five, if top 10 in stone, top five, if not, you know, historical um, college hockey programs in the nation. And he turns it down to coach the women's team to really, you know, make that sport. I mean, he's been, I think that he's helped that game grow so much. And, you know, he truly cares about his players. Like, you know, he, ha- he lets the spotlight go on them like what you just said, you know, you built him up, he has all these accolades and he really just kind of, I don't want to say he shies away, but you know, he lets the the ladies have their moment, which they deserve, you know, as athletes. Like, I don't think, especially in the sport of hockey, just because hockey as itself isn't covered as widely as it maybe could be or should be. But then you look at women's hockey and like, you know, women's sport aren't, women's sports aren't covered as much. And he lets those girls have, or those women have like their moment, you know, and it's, it's cool to see. And I think, again, it speaks to kind of who he is as a person, just, you know, you, you let the people who, who really like did something special, have that moment and enjoy it. And, you know, well, kind of bask in like, Hey, we just did that, you know? Yeah. Well, and I think, I don't think any of it's ever been, uh, like you mentioned about tearing down the, the men's job. I think it's been unapologetically authentic about right. growing the women's game. I don't think he does it. So people talk about Mark Johnson being good for the game, but 20 years ago, he would have gave the same response that he would have gave last night or, or like in terms of what he thinks about his athletes, like that's never changed. He's never switched up. So uh, shout out to him. Shout out to the ladies for bringing that home. Um, Obviously there there's no question how much women's hockey is appreciated in Madison. Uh, that barn sold out, um, every night that they play, which you can't say about many other places for women's hockey. So it's really special. Um, they got the fire trucks. I, I decide not to go. I didn't, I, I, the COVID, a lot of people around stuff, but classic tradition. Um, when the, when the women land at the airport or any, Wisconsin national champion, but it's only been uh, men's and women's hockey. Um, they get a, all the Dane County fire departments can bring a truck or two and they give a escort back to the building that they practice or play in. So that's cool. Um, they deserve it all. Um, and if I had to guess, Minnesota and Wisconsin will probably be ranked first and first and second next year. In women's hockey, yeah, yeah, you can Death pick. taxes and and one of those two at the <laughs> yeah. top, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> so um, maybe shame on us for not talking about that more. But um, yes, uh, while we were talking about women's sports, we talked about the beginning of the year, but the Big Ten volleyball had Wagon. Se- severe issues with COVID the last few weeks, so they haven't yep. been able to play. Um, obviously, um, they have six teams in the they no they have six teams in the top 15 right now which 
I don't care if it's for volleyball. I don't care if it's for fencing. I don't care if it's for football. I don't care if it's for men's basketball. What about you, underwater basket weaving? Yeah, that too. I've heard the Big Ten is very good in that. Hey, I don't care if it's for underwater basket weaving. You put six teams in the top 15, you're really good. I agree. That's right. And, and the I, number one team in the nation. And the number one team in the nation. Um, Wisconsin. Love it. But they had a three-week they had a three-week COVID pause. Um, yeah, they just beat the Gophers. They did just beat the Gophers. You'd love to see that. But um, obviously, um, looking forward there, unlike the Big Ten for men's basketball, I do not think these teams from the Big Ten in women's volleyball will be losing in the tournament unless it's to another Big Ten team. Like, they're, they're, men's basketball might have been frauds. These, these, these are not frauds. These, I mean, it's undoubtedly the best conference. Um, and it has been now for some time, the addition of Penn state, obviously, uh, however many years ago to the actual conference changed that forever. Cause when Penn state came into the conference as a whole, uh, like for all sports, Penn state was repeatedly winning national titles. You know, what I'm talking about for volleyball. So, yep. Yeah, that's a fact. No, bringing them in was huge. Um, yeah, volleyball is very good. I don't really get a chance to watch it, but hey, Minnesota's a volleyball school. So, um, yeah, and then I think we don't need to break down the whole tournament for hockey because um, we'll have another chance next week. But yeah, I mean this does this week of sports or two weeks of sports rival when NFL college football, NHL, NBA startup, MLB World Series. That week, when all those are going at the same time, these two weeks, I would argue, rival that. Um, you have March Madness. For us, we love the college playoffs um, for hockey. And then for hockey. I don't care if you're not necessarily a golf guy, but if you're a sports fan, you're always tuning into the last one, two days of the Masters, and that's coming up. When Just they give away, when they continue to give away the jacket, which yeah. will start to happen. That's I, full I circle. Podcast came full circle. That's I right. think, yeah, we are about to wrap it up, but I would like this year, um, obviously Masters isn't in for, uh, for two weeks, but I would like to give some prediction. I don't care if you don't follow or care about golf boys. I want to do predictions for I the know. Masters. Okay. Just for uh, shits and giggles. Uh, Jordan Spieth. Not right now. Fuck, I was going to say. Not right now. Too. Okay. Jeez. Um, is there anything else you guys would like to add? Naomi Osaka is very good at tennis. Oh, yeah. She's a beast. She just won the Australian Open, didn't she? I yeah. think so. I mean, that was like a month ago, but like. That She's was unreal. Her, her we don't talk about major. tennis enough. I don't know anything about tennis other than like the top four men's players and like the top three women's players. Like I, I – I don't know how it's scored. I'll whoop your ass in Wii tennis, though. No, Peter's good. Peter is very good at the Wii. I will say that. I know I know from experience, Peter is not good at MLB, but you get him <laughs> on Wii and Wii bowling or Wii basketball, or not Wii basketball, Wii, uh, anything on the Wii, man. Catch me on the show. I'll work I'll work you in Wii. Wii sports? No chance. You'll get, Let's do it. You'll get murked. You'll get super, marked. Super Smash Bros. Um, You'll kick my ass in that. I know that. I will say this. 
please do your part and, and, and try and keep people healthy and safe. We're, I think maybe potentially looking closer at looking down the, the end of this, this thing. So be cautious and don't be selfish people. That's what I have to say. And please stop shooting people. I will say that as well. Didn't think it had to be said, but I would, I'll say that doesn't have to be about anything else. Just stop being selfish and stop killing other people for no fucking reason. How about that? That's not crazy to say, but yeah. Wash your hands, wash your butts, wash your hands. Adams would say, wash your hands, wash your butts and take care of your peoples. But thanks for listening to big thoughts for big 10 commenter for SFK and for Peter Chow guy. Big time hockey guy. Peter Chill. Big thoughts. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at B1G Thoughts and B1G Thoughts underscore. Thank you to all the people who participated in our bracket challenge. Um, I unfortunately do not think I'll be winning thanks to Illinois and Ohio State. Um, having them in the final four turns out not a great idea, but hmm. whatever. You live and you learn, then it turns out it doesn't matter how many sports you watch, you will still never correctly guess March Madness. But you can correctly check out Etsy. You can check out Down and Back Stitches on Etsy. And and shout out a little plug for Mal since she designed our uh, contest. Uh, check out We So Glassy on Etsy and Instagram as well. There you go. Get a glass. Get a glass for everybody. Big thoughts. Go Badgers. Go Gophers. Hey, I have one thing in my ass that I want to say that's funny, and I don't want to waste the reaction. <laughs> Um, so no intro. We're just going into wild dance. Well, I'll give you an intro, but not the beginning of the episode. Don't worry about it. My friend's down there. It's not what I asked. <laughs> it's not what I asked. It's not what I said. <laughs> I guess this shit or whatever he says. <laughs> you guys ready? <laughs> yeah. <laughs>